everyone. My name is Lyric Swinton and you are listening to the Patchwork Feminist episode three. This episode is called Super Who and today um, I have a phenomenal special guest but before I get into that I want to thank everyone who has supported um, this podcast and who has been listening to these episodes on various different platforms. It means the world to me. I'm glad that this is helping you. It's been therapeutic for me Um, but without any further ado I want to introduce my special guest um, Jessica Terrell who is the president of the Association of African American Students and a senior exercise science major but I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi everybody so yeah like Lyric said I am the president of the Association of African American Students. Um, I'm also the vice president of the Black Medical Students Association, a mentor for the Multicultural Assistance Peer Program and I am a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Um, Also like Lyric said I am a senior exercise science major from Atlanta, Georgia. I've uh, done just about everything that you can think of here at USC. Yeah, so um, actually, fun fact, this episode, this is the second time that we've done it. Um, <laughs> had to re-record it for some technical issues, but, I, but I'm really glad that we're actually doing it again because there's some things that I left out the first time, in addition to some things that have happened on campus, including um, an event that Jessica's chapter hosted, uh, co-hosted earlier this week that we're going to get into later in the show. Um, but one thing that I wanted to point out that I missed the last time is that it is Suicide Prevention Week, um, and suicide is something that that has affected me both personally as well as to the people that I've loved. Like I've dealt with suicide ideation a few times myself um, growing up. In addition to um, I've lost some loved ones to suicide as well as I know people who have struggled with suicide ideation. So for anyone who's listening to this who have struggled in the past or may be struggling, I want you to know that you are loved, you matter, and the world is a better place because you are alive. Also, today is 9-11, so um, I really just want to send all thoughts, prayers, and well wishes to all those who were affected by those terrorist attacks um, on September 11th, 2001. So, getting into this episode, Super Who. Um, so, we're going to talk about building boundaries um, or having the lack thereof boundaries, um, how um, prioritizing yourself um, while being a leader, um, dealing with the fears of saying no and what will happen as a result, as well as what it means to feel like you have to be superwoman of all time. So we're going to just unpack some of that. Um, But first, I'm going to go, well, read out some of your responses that you said to some social media questions that I put online. So one of the questions was, do you feel like asking for help space or saying no is a sign of weakness? And some of the responses were no, but I feel like someone else wouldn't get it wrong wouldn't get it done the right way so I should do it um and another one said I wish I didn't but I had the hardest time saying no someone else said I don't think it's weak but that may be because my mom is a psychiatrist and supports that so that's a different perspective um someone said I don't think it is personally but I often think it is perceived as a weakness um someone said I don't personally think it's a sign of weakness but I'm always afraid someone else will which is very very understandable definitely I'm scared of making mistakes and being less than perfect that's a very real response someone said i used to think this i'm now learning that it is not a sign of weakness but a sign of strength and someone else said it shouldn't be but it's something i still struggle with uh, another one of the questions was do you have a good work 
slash play balance in your life? Um, almost all of the responses were no. Um, someone said no, but we are working on it. Someone says I have barely have any time to socialize. Um, someone said every time I relax, I'm worried about what productive thing I could be doing instead. Um, but someone said yes and said if I don't dedicate time to enjoying myself I don't have the willpower to work another one said I'd have a better balance now than I used to but it took time for me to learn self-care and the last question was do you have boundaries do your friends slash family slash colleagues respect them so someone said I've never really had any boundaries crossed in any major way thankful Thankfully, I think my demeanor establishes my boundaries without verbalizing them. Another one said, yes, I don't think I could help anyone if I'm burned out. I feel like most people respect that. Another one said, yes, but people love to test them. I feel that. Um, One said, if my friends continuously disrespect my boundaries, they stop being my friends, Mm. period. (laughs) (laughs) Another one said, I do have boundaries, usually to spend time with friends slash friends family slash colleagues and not myself all right and so we're going to just go ahead and get into questions for our guest and so first of all jessica do you make self-care a priority with all the things you have going on at all times um i would like to say yes and in an ideal world i would of course say yes i'd make sure i prioritize self-care and make sure i take care of myself um alongside taking care of all the other things that I need to get done but as you guys can hear right now I'm a little under the weather and that is most definitely (laughs) out of not taking enough time for self-care and taking enough time for myself these first few weeks of school I have been running around like a madman trying to get all of these organization meetings done you know just like print stuff out like just all over the place trying to make sure all of my orgs have everything that they need to succeed in these first couple of weeks and during that time I can definitely say I haven't been getting enough sleep or as much sleep as I usually do um I don't want to say I've been missing meals, but I had just haven't been eating as much, you know, because you're always on the go. You don't have time. You in your mind, you're like, oh, I don't have time to stop and eat right now. I just got to keep going, got to keep going. And me being sick right now is definitely suffer- me suffering for all of these things and not prioritizing myself. So um, I'd like to say, you know, there are definitely times where I can prioritize self-care and just have a couple hours to myself, whether that's to sit down and watch Scandal or um, just kind of be by myself and kind of relax and just get my mind right, get every, like, you know, just kind of plan myself out, my week out and figure out what I need to do, um, stuff like that. But real, like, dedicated self-care days don't really happen for me. And I need to start doing better about making that a priority in my life because I don't want to, I don't have time to end up sick like I am right now, you know. Um, As I said, I've been running around trying to get things done for all my orgs and all that stuff. And being sick does not help that. I don't have, I have to sit home and, you know, kind of rest and recuperate and get myself back together. And if I had taken care of myself in the first place and made sure I was getting that rest and eating and all that stuff, I wouldn't be in this position right now. Agreed. So one thing I wanted to ask you is, do you feel like you have boundaries in your life, Um, whether it's with your student organization, um, with your friends, like being 
being accountable to so many people, do you feel like you have boundaries? And if you do, do you feel like people respect them? Do they respect when you ever you ask for space? Uh, see, I'd like to kind of tie this answer into your question about, like, do you feel like it's okay to say no? Because I'd like to think that I do have boundaries, but as soon as uh, a friend of mine asked me to go do something or whatever it may be, even if I already had plans to, you know, chill and take that self-care time or whatever it may be, I hate saying no to people. I hate feeling like I'm letting somebody down. So I'm all, like, nine times out of ten, I'm going to just go with it. Now, if I tell people, you know, I have something to do today or if I'm taking time for myself today, um, some of my line sisters or my really close friends might kind of push me to, like, get out of the house or do something with them because they're like, well, you can take self-care time and still hang out with us or whatever it may be, which is true. But, you know, sometimes you need that time for yourself. And I think... Um, what one of the people who answered the Instagram question said was very important about if your friends don't respect your boundaries, then they're not really your friends. Um, I think, of course, there's a time where people want you to get out and come do things with them and all that stuff. But, you know, there's also a time for them to respect the fact that you need that alone time and you need to just kind of be by yourself and recuperate and get yourself together. And I think that's more than fair. Um, everybody needs boundaries, whether it's boundaries in the way that people talk to you or boundaries in um, how much time of the day, like how many hours of the day you're going to make yourself accessible to everybody else. I mean, I think it's perfectly okay to say, you know, after eight o'clock, I'm not taking any texts, calls, whatever about student orgs, about um, sorority stuff, about whatever it may be. You need time for yourself. So um, it's like, Really, boundaries are really personal and they vary um, from person to person. So you have to kind of like decide what you want your boundaries to be and make sure the people around you are um, clear on those boundaries and respecting them. I will say um, a lot of times we'll be like, oh, well, they're not respecting my boundaries or they're not listening. Like they just don't want to give me that alone time that I need. But I think it's also important to make sure that you're communicating these things with the people around you. You can't set these boundaries up for yourself and then keep them to yourself and expect everybody else to kind of fall in line. You have to make sure that you're communicating, hey, this is my boundary. This is what I'm willing to do and this is what I'm not willing to do or I'm free until this time, and then after that, I'm not. And you have to kind of stand by your word, but make sure that you communicate that to other people as well. So you've probably already answered this in somewhere in that answer, but I just wanted to, like, hear, like, explicitly. Do you feel comfortable saying no to the people around you? Because, like, I think we all know that, like, hey, it shouldn't be wrong for you to be able to, like, to demand this space. or you, It shouldn't be wrong for you to be able to tell people, hey, like, I can't do this right now, but it's a difference between knowing it's not wrong and the difference between like feeling comfortable enough to execute, which is something that I definitely struggle with as well. So do you feel comfortable saying no to the people around you that feel like they need you at all times? Uh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you guys. No, I don't feel comfortable saying no. I actually absolutely hate saying no to people. I hate saying, no, I can't do something for you. No, I can't go somewhere. Just no in general. I hate it because um, 
I like kind of shy away from confrontation and not that saying no is going to start a big fight with anybody that you're talking to or whatever it may be. But, you know, um, if you're saying no to something that a friend of yours really, really wants you to do, but you just don't have the energy or don't have the time, it can be taken the wrong way and be like, oh, well, she said no to this. So obviously she doesn't care about me. And then it just starts a whole nother line of problems, <laughs> which I absolutely hate. Um, you say no to doing something for a student org and then it's like, oh, all of a sudden she can't handle all the responsibilities that are given to her. So saying no is something that I definitely struggle with 110% because I hate feeling like I'm letting people down and I and letting other people down makes me feel like I'm letting myself down. So um, saying no is something that I definitely struggle with and that I'm not comfortable with, but I'm working on it. I'm really working on trying to be more confident when I do say no and not kind of backpedaling and being like, well, maybe I can work something out or, you know, no, I can't, but I'll see what I can do because I really want to do this for you or whatever it, it may be. When you say no, you have to really mean that no or people aren't going to take you very seriously when you say no and you actually like have a serious reason for it. So I'm working on um, being more confident in my nose because there are times where you need to just say no and take time for yourself and do what's right for you and what works for you. But it's definitely a challenge for all of us, I think. So do you feel like saying no is a sign of weakness? Uh, I think it kind of just depends. Like, for example, um, in my student org, I... Um, I had to say no, well, not really say no, but I just couldn't be present for uh, our student organization fair. Uh, when was that? Like the first week of, the first full week of school, yeah. we had the student organization fair. And I actually had to go home to deal with some personal stuff and I couldn't be there. And the student org fair is always a huge deal for us because that's where we get um, a lot of people to sign up for our organization and pay their membership dues and all that stuff. So not being there really kind of bothered me. And I was so afraid to say like, you know, no, I can't be there or whatever it may be. Um, just not because I didn't feel that my exec board could handle it or anything like that, but I just felt like it was a bad reflection on me as the president to not be there and to take that time for myself. But, you know, I also had to realize that you can't be superwoman. Like we talked about, like the whole title of this episode, you can't be superwoman. You can't be everywhere at all times. And sometimes you have to prioritize things that you need to do for yourself over things that you have to do for work or for student organizations or for whatever it may be. So um, I'd like to say no. I don't think that saying no is a weakness, but like I said, it's definitely something that I'm working on and something that I struggle with because saying no is hard. Yeah, so I'm glad that you brought up the, the superwoman thing again because obviously like that's something that this episode is centered around. And so just a little bit of background. So Jessica is president of the Association of African American Students, which is the oldest multicultural organization on the University of South Carolina's campus. Um, AAAS was founded in 1968, um, and it is a very prestigious organization in the University of South Carolina Hall of Leaders. And Jessica is one, the latest in a long line of absolutely phenomenal people um, who have gone on to do amazing things. Earlier this week, um, Jessica's chapter, the Theta Gamma chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated co-hosted an event with the Theta New chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Um, and it was about 
the stereotypes around black students on campus and it was a panel of some former students as well as some staff and faculty here on campus and the some of the students that were on the panel were two of AAAS's um, former presidents, uh, yes. um, absolutely phenomenal people, Aaron Green and Kiva Cannon. Um, so just being around those people, I know um, in the past year, AAAS just celebrated their 50th anniversary and had even more of their phenomenal alums on campus. Um, I was president, AAAS is but where both I and Jessica got our starts in campus leadership. We were on AAAS Freshman Council together um, starting in 2016. So being the latest in such a long line of amazing people and having an organization with such a rich and prestigious history in all facets of life um, and being the president of the absolute core of just multiculturalism on campus. Um, do you feel pressure with that? Um, how does that? Fe- how do you navigate that? How do you even begin to prepare someone else to have to go through that after you, particularly now this since you're a senior, this is your second year as president. So, what does that look like um, in a day to day of having to deal with just that pressure? Um, I will say there is a ton of pressure that comes along with being in this position. Um, like uh, Lyric mentioned, Kiwi Cannon and Aaron Green were on the panel this week, and they're always on campus doing stuff, and they were phenomenal leaders. But um, the president who actually came right before me, Ja'Cory Gambrell, was just such an amazing leader and such an amazing president. She is honestly her leadership is what sparked my interest in being AAAS president and all that stuff. Of course, AAAS is a wonderful organization, and I understand that and understand the rich history, but Ja'Cory herself and how well she led this organization and made it look flawless is what really pushed me to want to get involved in leadership. And she left some really big shoes to fill. I remember... um, during like maybe my first two weeks as like official president of AAAS, I texted Corey one night, a bunch of crying faces, and I was just like, how did you do this every single day without breaking down? How how was this possible? I literally just like kind of didn't understand because I was like, I'm two, two days in, two weeks in, whatever, and I'm about to lose my mind. How did you do it? <laughs> um, and she just told me, like she just kind of had to reassure me that I was not the only one that felt like this. She felt like that when she was the president of AAAS, and I'm sure every president before her felt the same way. And, you know, like Lyric mentioned, the 50th anniversary celebration was a huge deal for AAAS um, in 2018, and I sent out a lot of invitations to um, former AAAS alumni, like AAAS members who are Carolina alumni, old AAAS presidents, um, literally everybody whose contact information I could get my hands on pretty much. And that put a lot of pressure on me as well because to have all these presidents and notable alumni coming to this event that I'm planning and organizing was a ton of pressure because I was like, well, what if they come here and they're like, oh, she has just let AAAS go by the wayside. I'm so like we used to do so much better than this. What's wrong with her? You know, what's wrong with AAAS now and all this stuff. And of course, um, 
that wasn't the case. I got amazing feedback from all the alumni who came, all the past presidents who came. But it's just like you kind of put that pressure on yourself. You know how good of a leader these other people were and all the great things that they did here on campus and in the Columbia community in general. And you're like, wow, how do I live up to that? Um, And I would say I just kind of navigate that by being the best person and being the best president that I can be. Um, It took me a while. Well, not a while, but it took me a little bit to realize that my leadership style is different from Ja'Cory's leadership style. And, of course, um, Ja'Cory was a huge mentor to me and, you know, helped me out and taught me what it meant to be a president and how to kind of do this role successfully. But I had to kind of find my own way and figure out what worked best for me, what leadership styles, um, what type of vision I had for AAAS and all that stuff and how it was going to be different under my administration. I think my advice to anybody who wants to be a student leader is to just, of course, you know, take the advice of previous presidents and people that were in your position and, you know, look at the things that they did, look at their initiatives, the things they started, um, the things they tried to change, whatever, and see how you can continue to carry that on. But you have to do something that's going to leave your own legacy on that organization. And, um, that's kind of where I was able to take a little bit of the pressure off and say, hey, you know what? Yes, they did an amazing job when they were here, but it's my turn now, and I'm going to do an amazing job as well. I just have to figure out how. So going back to, I know you said that you feel so, sometimes you can feel that pressure, but how much of that pressure comes from like you? Like how much are you inside of your own head, inside of your own head, like all the time just to constantly and it's not even just with triple s but it's just with all the responsibilities you had like how much of that is like you constantly putting pressure on yourself or like the world putting pressure on yourself because like i noticed that in my own life a lot of times nobody has to say anything to me and i just have to think oh my god i'm doing a terrible job and i can burst out into tears like like, any moment so like what does that look like for you are you in your own head or what um i would definitely say definitely say i am in my own head i'd say maybe about 10 percent, if that (laughs) of the pressure i feel to be great and do all these great things comes from outside sources i mean um like specifically speaking with aka and stuff like that you know my profites did great things on this campus and they taught us so much stuff and want us to be great and continue to you know carry out the theta gamma legacy and it's kind of you know of course like sometimes from them you get a little outside pressure like hey what are you doing you're slacking a little bit and that comes from not just chapter things but personal things as well um my profites will I have one profile named Anya who will call me and be like, hey, what are your grades looking like right now? Or just like, how are you doing? Like, what's going on with you? Just to check up on me and make sure that I'm doing the things that I need to be doing to continue being a great person. So, um, and you know, Ja'Cory does that as well with AAAS and all of my different organizations. There's definitely outside pressure put on me, but I'd say about 90% of that is me being in my own head and me overthinking and worrying too much about what other people think of me and what other people think of the work I'm doing. You know, it's so crazy because I'll do something and be super confident in my work or super confident in how it's going to turn out and everything, and then I'll send it to somebody and they're like, if I don't get a super confident or super, you know, like congratulatory response for them, I'm like, yeah, I have to redo the whole thing because it's not good enough. <laughs> so um, I would definitely say like 
it's in my own head. Of course, you know, other people will try to steer you in one direction or the other or puts a little bit of outside pressure on you. But I think myself and I know a lot of other people have more problems with themselves and, you know, being a little too hard and self-critical um, rather than other people doing that. Yeah, so I, especially over the last two years, I've been very fortunate to, like, have a friend group full of like such strong female leaders who are doing such amazing things on campus and what I've noticed is that this weekend particularly I don't know what it is this week I don't know what happened but everybody has freaked out <laughs> like mm-hmm. everybody this week is freaking out I think it's because you know welcome week is over and, and we were all on the go like constantly 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 like we had so much to do and like and now you have to like look towards the whole schedule towards every in, everything else you have to do and then like work we're actually starting to do work in school it's not just icebreaker activities anymore and it's just like everything is starting to hit everybody at one time and what I notice in like and I can speak for myself personally I take things so personally mm-hmm. like whenever something happens in like the university like and especially like if I've been a part of something in some type of way and it doesn't go my way then if if anything ever happens to somebody else in the organization like I will feel so personal I take everything to heart because like I always want people to feel included I always want to create a space for people like I want to fix everything like because I want because I genuinely do love this university so much and so like I spend like late nights just working on stuff like honestly that I probably have no business like doing (laughs) that I really don't have to do but like it just means so much to me so I take things super personally and I always wonder like am I doing a good job like is this is this okay like do are people even like rocking with this like I even worry about this podcast like am I just talking like (laughs) I never are people tired of hearing me like like do I have anything to offer the world or just that constantly being inside of my own head and what I'm learning from like the people that I'm around and it's people from all types of organizations whether it's like panhellenic greek life or it's stem organizations like it seems like across campus particularly I noticed with female leaders and leaders of color everybody is starting to feel feel like the same way and just feeling like the anxiety of am I doing enough or am I doing too much or am I likable in my organizations do people respect me as a leader and that's another actually that's a question I didn't ask you the first time but like I I really want to know how do you straddle that need because we all want to be liked as human beings people say that they ah, I don't need nobody like me but that's not true like as as human beings in our basic forms we we crave connectedness but how do you balance that obviously that want to be like with needing to be a firm and a leader and saying what you mean and meaning what you say and hoping that people don't hate you but if they do being able to live with it. Oh, Eric, I wish you hadn't asked me this question. I am the worst at kind of straddling that line and finding that balance because I don't know if it's my emotional Sagittarius traits or whatever it may be. I'm a Pisces. But I have an extreme, extreme, extreme need to be like, if I cannot stand for somebody to be mad at me for 30 minutes. I'm like, no, we have to fix this now. So um, that is very, very hard 
um, when being a student leader because, like I said earlier, I don't really like confrontation. So um, I try to do everything I can to make sure everybody is happy and everything is all rainbows and butterflies and sunshine and everybody's on one accord. But, you know, of course, there are those times where things don't go that way and everybody's not happy. Or you do have to, as Lyric said, be firm and stand by what you say, mean what you say, and kind of be a little stricter on people. And that is where I kind of shy away from those situations and really want to just kind of hide in my own bubble and not have to deal with it because that is so hard for me. I uh, I don't even know I don't even know how to answer that question about how I straddle that line because I think that it's really on a case-by-case scenario. I'll definitely say um, when it comes to like student organization stuff and all that, uh, the advisors for AAAS, Shay Malone and Shauna Edmond, they are my absolute go-to when it comes to stuff like this because I'm like, I'll go to them and be like, okay, this is what's going on. How do I handle it? What do I say? What do I do? How can I get out of this, like, unscathed, nobody <laughs> hating me? What, like, what do I have to say? How do I handle this? And a lot of times they sit there and look at me like, Jessica, this is not even that deep. It's not even that big of a situation. Why are you... Why are you like this? And I'm like, I don't know. I just <laughs> I just hate when people are upset at me or mad at me or whatever it may be. I can't handle that. So um, they still, you know, sit there and talk me through it and work it out or whatever. But it's just like, I, I don't know. I hate that. I hate having people mad at me. I hate having to straddle that line between being liked and, um, and you know, kind of having to be firm because if, if I had it my way, I would just be liked 100% of the time and not have to deal with that. But, of course, that's not how the real world yeah. real world works. So I'd say my best advice on that is sometimes you really just have to charge it to the game and say, you know what, it is what it is. I, ha- I-, I can't budge on this one. I can't be worried about people liking me or being too nice or whatever on this one. I have to stand by what I say because, you know, uh, I mean – it, it just is what it is. You ha- you kind of have to just roll with it. And, you know, um, if the people that you're around either are truly your friends or are truly other leaders, it won't be a personal thing. It won't be a, oh, well, because she said that, I don't like her anymore and I don't want to work with her ever again or anything like that. People, they will also have to just take it for what it is, charge it to the game and keep it pushing. Um, you know, I think that, we're all getting we're we're getting to the age where everything can't be taken personal anymore and um i know that gets particularly hard when the people that you're working with on a professional level are your friends because there is definitely like a little bit of a personal aspect in that but um you just have to kind of separate that business is business and pleasure is pleasure and you know we can disagree on something or whatever it may be in this student org meeting but when we leave out of here we still need to be able to be friends if it's a real friendship yeah so looking forward to the future i'm really glad jessica brought that up we're actually going to do a whole episode on that of being a leader of an organization of your friends um what does that look like and how do you separate the business from the personal but back to something else you said you talked about being emotional so I know that myself personally, like for the longest, when I first broke into leadership, like I was really like very like strict down the middle, like honestly kind of mean, like I honestly was very mean. Um, and, but I was just kind of like very hard, like I had a very hard exterior. But 
because I always thought that like, you know, showing emotion to people made you weak. Um, but like in recent times, I've learned that the more that I've opened up to people and the more that I've shown my heart and I've shown who I am, then that is actually what makes me successful. So like, do you think that being an emotional person and like being rooted in your emotion, like, do you think that that's a sign of, for you, is that a sign of weakness or is that a sign of strength or does it help you lead better? It does it hurt you sometimes? Like, what does that look like for you? Um, I'd say that at this point, I have just kind of determined that being emotional is who I am. And if you want to take it as weak, you can take it as weak. If you want to take it as a sign of strength, mm. you can take it as a sign of strength. But that's up to you to decide. I, <laughs> I am so like, I don't even, I, I don't even think emotional is a good enough word to describe me like I can cry at the snap of somebody's fingers like it just it takes nothing to get me emotional and to get me there um and I had to realize I I I will say that I did a lot of um kind of being emotional behind closed doors in the past I was I would be sitting having a conversation with somebody and they'd say something to me that I didn't necessarily like or agree with or that hurt my feelings or whatever and I'd kind of just sit there and tough it out and say okay whatever and go home and cry about it later but I realized that keeping all of that stuff pent up is not good for me or the person that um I'm in this conflict with because then they don't know that whatever they said or did hurt my feelings or had some type of an effect on me. So I'd say that being emotional is kind of a sign of strength because you have to, I mean, it does take a certain amount of strength to sit there in somebody's face and tell them, hey, what you said to me or what you did to me hurt my feelings and I don't think that was right. Of course, they might not say, oh, I'm so sorry and try to fix it. They might stand by what they said and that's perfectly fine too, but you have to um, just kind of find that comfortability within yourself to be able to speak up for yourself and say no, like, I don't really like how that made me feel or whatever it may be. And I, I mean, I'm not saying wear your heart on your sleeve or anything like that, but showing emotion is fine. Every, we're all human. We all have emotion. I mean, unless you really are like a walking robot and just don't <laughs> feel anything. Like we all have emotions. We all have things that we have to deal with and that make us sad or angry or whatever it may be. And it's okay to have those feelings and to express them. Um, I just say as long as it doesn't go like, you know, into excess, then <laughs> make sure that you're letting people know how they make you feel and letting people know um, just that just express your emotions be free you only have one life to live and if you spend it bottling things up and keeping your emotions inside I I, I can't speak for everybody but I know I wouldn't live a very happy life that way yeah so that's leading into probably one of our last points so um, particularly as black female leaders um, I know Jessica and I are both huge fans of Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, yes. with these strong African-American female characters who are always in control. Even when everything is falling apart, they always have it together. They always just, like, always find a way out of whatever box that they may find themselves in. Like, they always find a way to make it work. But um, one thing that I've noticed about all these women is that they played the superwoman role, superwoman role, which is mm -hmm. something that I know that I have found myself playing, even if I may not like playing it at times, but it's just like a part of who I am. I know probably the same for you. Um, so 
there's actually like a whole characteristics behind that. It's called the Black Superwoman Schema, and it's five characteristics behind that, and we're just going to talk about a few of them. So the first is a perceived obligation to pre- to present an image of strength. The second is a perceived obligation to suppress emotions. The third is resistance to vulnerability or dependence on help from others. Um, the fourth is motivation to succeed despite limited resources. And five is prioritization of caregiving in uh, providing care to others. Um, so one I wanted to talk about is how good are you at asking for help? Do you need to constantly be in control? Like, do you feel the need to like, uh, like I have to do it myself, not because the people around you are incapable, but just because like, you you know how you want things done, so you feel the need to do it yourself. Because I know, like, I find myself falling in that trap almost every day. Because yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say that I'm not really big on asking for help. Honestly, um, I. I think this kind of goes back to what I was saying about saying no, but I always feel like when I have to ask somebody for help or ask somebody, um, I mean, yeah, for help, it makes it seem like, oh, she can't handle it or she can't do it all herself. Something must be wrong or whatever it may be. I'll say, like, uh, back to what I was saying about Shay and Shauna, like, I'll sit in their offices and vent about how I'm so tired and I have to do so many things and I have all this stuff on my plate and all this stuff. And one of them will be like, okay, well, how can we help? Or how can somebody on your exec board help? Or have you asked for help? And I'm like, uh, no, I'm just sitting here venting. I don't need help. And they're like, <laughs> girl, you just say you're tired. You have too many things to do. Me. <laughs> all this stuff. But then you're going to say you're venting and you don't actually need the help. You're just talking about it. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that's basically it. So, um, I don't know. Asking for help is definitely one of my weaker points. I, I don't want to say that I see it as a sign of weakness, but I'm definitely the type of person that's like, okay, well, um, if I do it myself, I know it'll get done correctly on time, and that's basically all I need. Not to say that other people can't do things correctly or on time or whatever it may be, but it's just a lot easier to do it myself rather than putting it on somebody else and then not only having to worry about worrying about what I what else I have to do, but then there's like the added thought of, oh, wait, I wonder if they're doing this or I wonder if they're doing it right or I wonder if they forgot or whatever it may be when I know if I do it myself, I can handle it. Yeah, I think the one of these that probably got me the most was the perceived obligation to present an image of strength um particularly in the last year of my life when I've been doing like a lot of different things constantly I feel like my wins are public but my losses are even more public um people are constantly asking me oh what's next like what's next like I always have to have a plan and it I've realized that one in certain situations I never got a lot of time to really grieve to get really feel sad to really kind of get in my emotions because people are always demanding for me to tell them okay what's next or they want to know my plans they want to know my next steps then they want to know like okay where do we go because when people look to you for guidance a lot of times they forget that you're a person too it at the same time, I allow it to happen because mm-hmm. I, I do suppress like what I'm feeling to always look strong. And just like, well, I have to go to this thing, even though I feel terrible about myself right now, because, you know, people need to know that I'm unbothered. I'm unworried. You need to know that I'm not bothered. And that's something that um, I did a lot of soul searching, especially this summer over um, to try to be less like that. And another thing is probably that 
motivation to succeed despite limited resources like being african-american and being female in rooms when a lot of people don't look like me in addition to being a first generation college student i always feel like i have a chip on my shoulder i always feel like if well if i don't do it then who will like i have to be there because i have to advocate on behalf of this i have to because i i got to be able to tell them like you know this is wrong i have to be there i have to be there i have to be there and a lot of times like i can even if I'll be like, I one time, like, I was so sick. Like, I was, like, almost about to pass out. But I was like, I have to get to this thing because if I'm not there, then, you know, then this this opinion won't be heard or things like that. Or it'll and fall apart. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I actually had this exact situation happen to me yesterday. So, um, like I told you guys earlier in this um, uh, podcast, I'm, I'm sick and, like, going through some... I don't know, whatever this is, a cold, whatever. Um, And yesterday, I was just feeling terrible. I didn't even go to class. I didn't do anything but lay in the bed all day and watch Scandal. And then I got a reminder to my phone that I had um, a meeting for an organization that I'm in at 7.30. And at that meeting, we would be voting on potential new members for um, our organization. And I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Because I know several people who... um, submitted an application and they even like text me or called me like hey can you look over my application can you help me out um will you just like make sure you're there to vouch for me whatever when the voting stuff goes on because I really want to be a part of this and yesterday I kind of was sitting there like what do I do I'm sick like I haven't been out of bed all day but if I don't go then all of these people that I'm supposed to be vouching for or that are looking for me to help them get into this won't have that voice in the room. And it just so happens that um, in this student organization, I'm not, I'll, I know all of our members weren't there last night, but I was the only uh, person, I was the only African American person in the room. So if I hadn't been there, like, not to say that me not being there means that they wouldn't have gotten in or whatever, but like, you know, you kind of we have to vouch for our own people. And if I hadn't been there, there would have literally been no one there mm-hmm. to say anything for them um, uh, because I, I know them on a personal level or whatever it may be. But I, I, I had to make that sacrifice to get up and go to that meeting and sit there and vote for the people that I care about um, so that I can make sure they got into that organization. But I was texting uh, Shauna from AAAS and I was just like, oh, I'm sitting here in this meeting, blah, blah, but I feel so terrible. And she was like, why did you go? Like she literally, uh, she let me have it last night about um, getting out of bed and going to that meeting because she was like, your health is more important. Like, I understand you felt like you have to vouch for these people, but your health is more important. And that just goes back to what we're saying about, you know, kind of feeling like you have to do it all and you don't. I mean, in this situation, I did kind of have to go. But yeah, like uh, in this one, I kind of did have to. You shouldn't have, but like I would have probably done the same thing because I'm like that. Exactly. So like I, I shouldn't have been there, but I went because of that superwoman syndrome and that that need that if I don't do it, nobody else will. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm not there, everything's going to fall to shambles and it's 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 just not going to work out. So um, I would definitely just advise everybody to stay away from that. Obviously, there's some stuff that you can't get out of. And I'm not saying, you know, just start neglecting your responsibilities <laughs> all willy-nilly, whatever. But I'm if you literally <laughs> can't do it then don't put all that extra pressure on yourself to make sure that you get it done because I promise life will go on. Yeah, um, and just really wrapping up on that, what I've noticed is that, especially with the superwoman um, syndrome and all of this, 
we all have the same problems like yes and like this is like the first time like of course me and jessica know each other but like this is the first time like we're going into death and like really talking to each other about yeah i'm going through this i'm going through this and we're going through the same things and what i'm noticing as i talk to more and more women on campus people reach out to me like you know through this podcast and they're saying like oh my gosh i'm going through this and if you take nothing else from this it's stop suffering in silence yes um there are women of all races of all ethnic uh, all ethnicities like all over campus all over columbia um who are going through the same things that you are and i think that the biggest reason why we suffer is often because <coughs> of isolation we often think that we're the only ones going through this and that's why we feel like we have to do everything ourselves um and what i've also noticed is that and i do this too we always feel like we're complimenting people and we say oh my gosh you do so much you're so resilient you get back up so quickly like how do you manage to do everything you are the go-to person for everything you don't sleep and we always mean it as a compliment and people tell me as a compliment i tell other people as a compliment um and but what that actually means is that I notice that you're not taking care of yourself, but I just don't care enough because if you stop, then that means then I can I, I will stop getting things out of you. And you may not think that that's what you're saying, but technically that that's what you're saying. So my challenge to all of you is that instead of saying, oh, you do so much like that's so great saying is that I notice instead just say that I notice that you're doing a lot. Is there anything that I can do for you to lessen your load or do you ever need to talk? Are you overloaded? Can I help you? Can I support you in some type of way? Um, and instead of just constantly uh, just uplifting like this idea that oh my gosh you're overloading yourself and that should be glamorized instead of ask what you can do to help how can you be of service and at the end of the day like it's all about sisterhood it's all about um being um a servant leader first because that's honestly why all of us are here um and just genuinely helping others um so before we close up um i want to give a shout out to two women one is super famous and the other one is the local hero so super famous one is Brittany Packnett who's one of my favorite social justice warriors she just recently preached her first sermon but so eloquently um, threw in a lot of social justice stuff and activist things that I of course love and her social media is at Miss Pacchietti if you would like to watch it on Twitter but the next one is her name is Madison. I don't know her last name. She attends here at USC. Um, her Twitter is at House of Madison. And her um, YouTube channel, you can subscribe House of Madison. And she just posted such, the most funny video um, of Hip Hop Wednesday last week um, of basically how do you shoot your shot. And I think hilarious it is hilarious. Video. I think she's hilarious. So please subscribe to her channel um, and listen to it. As always, you can follow me on social media. Um, personally at Lyric Swinton and follow the podcast at The Patchwork Feminist. Thank you so much to our guest Jessica and you can follow her on social media. What's your social media, Jessica? Uh, my Instagram and Twitter is JessXAlice J-E-S-S-X-A-L-L-Y-C-E Yes, and of, as always, thank you to Garnet Media Group for hosting this podcast and this is available on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Stay beautiful inside and out and we